four wrestling fans try to compare dick sizes, but pale in comparison to the thick majesty of Dwayne Gill. It's Survivor Series 98, part two, this week on Nothing Good. Welcome back. Yes. Guys. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. Still here. Still 30 whole seconds since last time we ended the last episode. God, a lot's changed in those 30 seconds, guys. So much. Uh, I I don't know about you guys, but I've gone from six to midnight in that 30 seconds, getting ready for the other (laughs) half of the show. I went from midnight to about 4.30, back to 11.55. Ooh. I don't know what that okay. means, but I lost my pants a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's, let's, let's fluff ourselves up. And let's get so right where were anyway, we? Right? Where, where did we just leave? Where were we leaving off before? Where were we? Well, so we're on to uh, a pretty big matchup here. Uh, uh, WrestleMania rematch. Uh, Undertaker, but, the Dead Man, her- and Kane. Uh, yeah. Dwayne yeah. Gill has yes. already been eliminated. <laughs> yeah, it's unfortunate. So, 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 what are you trying to say here? I mean, I think you're you're overselling it a little bit. Dwayne Gill, no, I think I am. <laughs> Maybe you're right. Uh, so, I don't know about you, uh, but theme songs, Undertaker's music. When I heard that for the first time in I'm not sure how many years, yep, I turned it up a little bit more <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because that again volume four man that damn i feel like it was the first track on the album no no this one was or the was it, second to last track on uh volume three because it was the metal one? theme yeah it was the best one. it was on four no it a different version of it appears on four it was the Klata okay. Durakta with, the, with yes, the weird because it was the same song can you do that one more time again with the druids okay so i thought you said just making sure but it was, uh, yeah, absolutely my all-time favorite Undertaker theme. You sound, you sound like you're casting a spell at the end of Willow. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was going for Army Man of Darkness. Man again! <laughs> Man, Man again! Uh, and once again, what a difference eight months make, because at WrestleMania, eight months earlier, there was a totally different vibe between the two of them. You're right. Oh my god. Undertaker was what? the reluctant brother. Are they together? The Are they against each other? Nobody knew. Yeah. They yeah, kept man, going what? back and forth. What kind of magic the summer of 98 sprinkled on everybody in this it's show? It's amazing, actually, how much changed in 98. Yeah. Honestly. He comes out. And honestly. Good. No, I was just going to say the only thing that made the, uh, the Undertaker's badass theme the only, is the only thing that could possibly happen to make you realize how badass Kane's original theme was, too. Like the original Kane theme had a whole vibe with that big old blaring organ. Mm-hmm. Like, you're just like, there's no, there's no doubt in your mind who that is. And it's like, oh. Right. But yeah, this the, but it's Kane versus the Undertaker, guys, in the fucking open in like the mid card in in nineteen ninety eight. Like yeah. Jesus. 
that's how big of a uh, of, of a roster they had. It was a very paint my Denver's match. Uh, yeah, the uh, so. I think I think their entrances was the highlight of the match. Actually, mm-hmm. they both yes. they both looked like they were just big and slow, like compared to the other <laughs> yeah. matches at this point. And yeah. and then the way it finishes, like Kane's supposed to be like this badass, indestructible guy, and like he can't kick out from fucking Paul Bear holding his foot, like for real. Yeah. You yeah. Everything's going on. Suspend his belief a little. I mean, come on. At least try. <laughs> so there's, there's um, two notes I have about this match. It's not a very good match, right? I don't think it might no. compare. It's no. not a terrible match, but it's not compared to everything else on the show. Yeah, it was a low light for me. There's two things I want to note about it. One is that I am never, ever going to be used to blonde-haired Paul Bearer like going through his midlife crisis (laughs) right never ever going to be used to it sally beauty salon was out of his favorite hair dye color that week so he he just went with what he could get just like just like like strawberry blonde paul baird really really bothers me but it was at this point in the show that i was like knowing how old regal was uh, and hearing about how old everybody was, the JR loves to throw those factoids out. I paused and I started Googling how old everybody was on this show. The Undertaker is 33 when this match wow. is happening. Wow. That's every weird, single man. competitor on this show, every single competitor minus the Stooges and Sergeant Slaughter and Vince McMahon, every single one is younger than all of us are right now. Every oh, yeah. single one of them, and it's like because the they're always they're always going to be older than us to us. But it's like even yeah. the fucking Undertaker is significant. Even the dead man, early thirties. Wow. Well, <laughs> you, I, again, you know, as I, as we kind of mentioned earlier at the beginning of the broadcast, is that of the, of the podcast is just how how much you have to take into consideration about the age of these guys. You know, having the, all of them, you know. At, at such an athletic age, mm-hmm. you know, I, and, and all coming up at the same time and all coming up together and all pushing for the same thing. Um, I, I, that's, you, you can't undersell the value of that, what that meant for WWE, you know, stone cold, you know, all, all the, the, the attitude air and things like that. But she just had all these guys that could do things athletically that maybe weren't getting on the WCW side with, you know, some of the main event guys that, I mean, Hogan, as good as he was and as big as he was, he wasn't moving like this at this stage. Macho oh, God, no. moving at this Macho man's not moving at that rate. You know, these guys could also work and tell great matches, but you don't have them doing and moving as quickly and as strong as rock is, you know? And, and so you, you have to, you have to appreciate that. You have so many of these guys that were, were their prime like that. Yeah, I mean, just talking about Hogan, I mean, to sell a leg drop as a finisher, it's just like The Rock selling the elbow, people's elbow as a finisher. Like, that's a weak ass move. But the way they sell it, the way they sell it, you buy it the same way Hogan does the leg drop and you buy it. But it's like they know their limitations, like to an extent. And like, if I can get the crowd over with like just this, like, I'll do that because that's what makes people pop. For sure. Yeah, agree. Yeah. 100%. Well, the match ends with a tombstone. 
uh, and Undertaker advances on in the tournament. And based off of Paul Bearer's look, I give this match 1.5 midlife crisis out of five. <laughs> well, if, if, if I may, if I may say, if I may say one more thing about this match, uh, and, and Jones, uh, Noah, watching wrestling with me all the years that you have. Uh, I believe if my notes are correct here. This is the first match in the pay-per-view where there is a double clothesline in the middle of the ring. And you guys know my fucking love <laughs> for the you double clothesline. Love man. double clothesline. I fucking love double clotheslines. So uh, again, seeing that it just, it just brought me just like, ah, oh, you know, and fucking well, nothing like a good old fashioned double clothesline. Just a I, double clothesline, man. Just so just, it was just so good. I'm like, just, and then I got a couple more in the pay-per-view too. And I'm like, oh, fucking love it. <laughs> I sprinkled them in, man. You got to cut that heat out right there. So our next match is our first match of the next round. Of the, we're in the quarterfinals officially. And yep. it's Mick Foley, Mankind, versus Al Snow. With head. With head. With head. Can't forget, head. Can't forget three that. Minutes and, three minutes and 55 seconds of... Those two guys on what they do best. Again, two capable performers, and the match wasn't bad. Two old time friends. I yeah, was, they were just doing their thing. Long time friends. And I was, uh, two two complimentary styles, too. Yep. Well, and, and and you know, that's one of the things as you say that no that I thought about is that, you know, I I really liked this match, mm -hmm. you know, for all that it was. Um, and just some of the moves that they pull out, you 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 can easily tell how they complement each other. You know, there is a, a, a DDT that near right at the end of the match where I actually went, oh, you know, when I kind of saw it because, <laughs> you know, you don't you don't see DDTs quite like that today. And and they pulled it off so well and sold it so well because they're just so good working together. Um, arm, Foley's double yeah. arm DDT was was fun. Yeah. He had a lot in this show. So you have to see it a bunch of times. Yeah. But I think the the most interesting thing about this particular match is Noah mentioned it earlier that months prior mankind created Mr. Sacco. Right. And then Mr. Sacco went missing. And in this match, mankind realizes that's wrapped around head. And then he just fucking loses his shit. Oh yeah. He's he hulks up because he saw Mr. Hulk uh, around and there he's like, it was you all along. Yeah. God damn it. There, there was a part of me that really wanted McFoley to wrestle the head for about a minute of this match. Like, he started, was like he's trying to give it the mandible. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about, I wanted him to like, just get a headlock on it. I wanted him to drop it. I wanted a small body slam, you know, maybe a deep give it an elbow it. drop it. Just while Al Snow's laying there, he just works like a, a thirty second, you know, <laughs> match with the head because guys, it's because the head had Sako. So I, I don't. I'm trying not to get off topic, which is I'm trying very hard. But now that we're talking about head and wrestling head, I don't know if you remember this, <laughs> but sometime in the Attitude Era, there was a tag team match between Al Snow partnering with Head versus Jerry Lawler and Brian Christopher. And the entire storyline of this match, besides the fact that Al has mental illness and they are the heels, they're giving him a hard time, <laughs> was that they were the, the obviously, if you could, you try to pin the mannequin head. But the whole point of wrestling is that you have to pin the shoulders. It's got to be the shoulders down, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and when you're just the head, you can't. 
So the big doesn't quite work. The match was yeah. they 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 throw Al out, and then Jerry Lawler takes a bottle of Head and Shoulders and puts the head on there. I remember that. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. That's the shit right there. But yeah, I give this match because of their history and what they did in this match in the short three minutes. I gave it two unnecessary concussions out of five. So how old was McFoley in this year? McFoley's 34. God damn it, really? How about how about Mick Foley too? If it threw me the fuck off that, you know, there was no beard under the mask. I'm so mm. used to Mick Foley with a beard and seeing him work with the mask, even though just completely uh, just and chafing against his chin the whole oh, time. That's gotta be uncomfortable. He's just trying to make Daddy Vince proud. Yeah. That's uh, right. it, it, it's such a good it's so good. How many how many people went into this match as one thing? And I'll mention this in main event, but come out of it looking completely different, right? Like, That's exactly it, right. It, yeah. it was ma- it was so master cool. storytelling by the fucking really creative well team. Done. Like to yes. tee it all up. And for us as fans to not expect it until it happened and like, oh shit, this was happening all along. Like mm-hmm. how did we get to this point? <laughs> how did we let it get this far? Yeah. <laughs> Damn those um, heels. So now we got The Rock's first real match of the night. Yep. Uh, he's going to fight up against, uh, the, the man who's like matched with the ability to look like a caged animal at any given time. Second uh, he's just like looking in his eye. Yes. Uh, again, eight months, man. That's all it is. Which in That's wrestling, especially Ben, was a, a long time. Uh, eight minutes and 20 seconds. Good match. Soft match. Amazing finish. I love that finish. I love all the fan. Time. I still love it now. All time amazing finish. It's one of those things that I, I honestly, sincerely believe that that with anybody else, that ma- that finish, it, it botches. And it falls mm-hmm. completely completely awry. But with a pro like Boss Man throwing the nightstick. And the fucking amazing The Rock catching Just, that nightstick. Oh, yeah. He's like, he's like this one-handed. Like, live oh, on pay-per-view. Yeah. Yeah. That thing is flying too, and he snatches it out of the air and fucking it's perfect. And then when that little thing when he throws the nightstick after he hits it, it gives the boss man that little <laughs> yeah. shit. Yeah. It's just yeah, yeah. <laughs> you do even with the, those two in there, you do that ten more times, maybe you hit it a couple, but it was perfect. It was perfect. Yeah, you're you're not you're not doing that finish ten out of ten. Mm. Maybe get that. You get one shot. Of yeah, this. yeah. You either get it right or you botch the shit out of it. And and, it, and, yeah. and in hindsight, like when you see how everything finishes, you're like, did he really throw? It? Just throw it to him? <laughs> like, yeah. like did he really intercept it? Like fucking immaculate conception? Like there it is. There it is. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. Oh my Man, god. The, but the, the, the the breadcrumbs going into this that we don't know that we're not paying attention to because we don't know what the payoff is but looking back at it like you said i mean he sells it like he's trying to throw at the shamrock but did he actually oh he was 100 percent exactly right 100 yeah yeah that's the best part it's how good they were to make it look like how they're supposed to make it look like the rock intercepts yeah. this thing in the air it's so it was just masterful stuff i think the match was good it wasn't as good as i watched wrestlemania 14 just to see like okay do i is it just my opinion or is this match not their best outing but it, it wasn't but goddamn everything else that happens in the match besides the fact that this is the first people's elbow we get all night 
is in yep. this match. Yeah. And the man was that move the fuck over. That move was oh, so man. over. It was that crowd. Cool. That crowd popped so hard. <laughs> they were waiting so long yeah. for that one move. But everything stupid fucking elbow drop. Yeah. Every single thing paled in comparison to the sweet ass five seconds of the finish. Rock catching that shit and nailing him. Yeah. That's, it just it was so awesome. There's there's a point uh that Jim Ross says, and I got I laughed, I barely laughed because this is ridiculous of like where we ended up. Because you approach this as if this is real life and this is really happening, right? Yeah. So he says he's like the rock, this young man flew his parents in from Miami, Florida for this big <laughs> night. And I'm thinking to myself, the rock flew his parents in to watch him turn motherfucking heel. And sell out, <laughs> right? What a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, remember, remember at the end when he calls everyone in the arena trailer trash. Like his parents are there. His parents. So fucking heels, man. They're so, sitting right next to the chick who says, "DX, if you suck mine, I'll suck yours." With her sign. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I wrote some amazing signs down. That I want to talk those about. Here. Holy crap. Oh. We weren't so, quite at peak attitude era signs, but people realized at this point that they could write whatever they wanted on a poster board. And not only were they not going to get in trouble, but Vince would shoot it. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. especially for a pay-per-view. People oh, are yeah. paying for that shit. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to so, get views on Sunday and reviews on Tuesday. <laughs> I guarantee. You know, not not saying that this ever has happened or ever has not happened at a wrestling show. But when you see certain signs, you think to yourself, did somebody really make that? Or did they get that handed to them when they walked in? Planted. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to mention that when we get to the tag team match. But I don't yeah. I don't get the feeling when you when you open the show and they do the crowd shot when all the pyrotechnics and everything are going off and you see everybody going crazy that how many of those signs were could have been plants i don't think it was i think at that point in the attitude era just oh, that's just how it was yeah. that's how it was so you had so it was many, late 90s every there was nothing off limits no so you had so many people being really creative adding you know there there's the the new age outlaws where they could do the whole fucking new age outlaws intro dudes in the in the stands and yeah. rows have the whole it's thing like eight out, sections like, across like yeah and someone yeah. got that whole word old for word printer paper and, yeah you know like they used to you have you used to yeah. have to rip the shit off right and, and you and could you see could, them in the ring like like holy shit did you see that banner yeah there? you could see where billy <laughs> you could see where billy gunn at the at the end of the paper at the end of their match he looks up and sees and goes holy shit look at that right yeah um one last thing I just want to point out here about the the boss the the boss man you know baton toss hurled around the world. There are twenty two thousand people in that arena. That pay per view had a four hundred thousand person buy rate, right? I had to watch this several times to try to figure out how the referee did not catch a glimpse of the fucking <laughs> right? It was it was like right over his head, like right here. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and also and, and not only that, but but after Rock hit it, he threw it back. Yeah, right the ref hundred percent saw that. On the other side on the other side of the ref, right? And I'm like, how the fuck did he not catch any of this? Um, but you know, the, the, at least the toss in boss man was at least, I think low enough where he could have possibly sold that. But, you know, I, I think that also kind of adds to what happened there too, is, you know, how, how they did try to pull that without the ref kind of seeing it and how the ref not catch any of it, but, but, uh, it's still a great part of the finish of the match. 
Read. One, actually, one thing about a book, and we can move on to the next match, not that there's much to say about it, but <laughs> um, <laughs> it really speaks I got to, something to say about it. Yeah, I, wow. It really speaks to, like, how, because listen, there are some listeners that we have, some of our audience don't watch wrestling, never watch wrestling, uh, and they're probably not going to listen to this episode, uh, but to, you have to really appreciate and have a respect for, this is live fire, man, this is this is happening. Mm-hmm. Live, you, you cannot, no, I mean, yeah, you can fuck it up, and we'll make it work, fuck it, if you drop it, you drop it. There's, we'll, yeah, but there's a slim margin yeah. of error right there, like... This, you only get one Something shot at it. Yeah, there's one take. These these men and women get one take, and they do some pretty incredible shit. And something as simple as throwing a baton, you know, however many feet up in the air, and that guy catches it while making it look good when he does it. He sells <laughs> you know, the well, shit out of it. Had to be the, the precise place where he needed to be. It was just so good. It was just, uh, it just, I appreciate the level of, of attention and skill and professionalism that these guys show. So that's all incredible. Last thing here about this, you guys mentioned Lawler talking about The Rock flying his parents into this match and everything, right? And, you know, Lawler, such a great heel commentator, right? Just, Mm -hmm. just, Just so on the heel side of things and loving everything that the bad guys are doing, all for Mr. McMahon, right? Again, we should have known, we should have started to pick up with Lawler bragging about things The Rock was doing what mm-hmm. was potentially on the horizon right another one of those little bits that they're starting to kind of build into the story yeah there's plant seeds the, the plants are everywhere with this mat with this yep. pay-per-view which i think is so yeah. great so good speaking of i was going to make the old joke here plant the seed you watch the plant grow up and then you fuck the plant right well <laughs> Speaking of wanting to fuck Who does that? Plants, I don't know. You know, gardening <laughs> is weird and it's not for me, but hey, you know, it's 21 if that's your thing. But uh, up next is Sable versus WWF Women's Champion, Miss Jacqueline. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so this match is, interestingly enough, three minutes and 14 seconds. Uh, and I will tell you what. I don't have many notes written here, but I have written one thing, two things, three things, really, that are important. Two very <laughs> so, important things. How awful is Jackie's music number one? That Not great. Not great. Terrible. It was terrible. Uh, I don't think there was two. an actual guitar playing. I think someone just grabbed the microphone and they're like, wow, 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 wow. Uh, two, uh, Jackie is 100% carrying this match, uh, as she did with a lot of the ladies, uh, that were less experienced than her. Oh, and as she used the heel, she was calling the match anyhow, but she made Sable look fucking great. Uh, and more importantly, I think this is the night that we watched Mark Mero's career end. It was. <laughs> because she fucking powerbombed his ass on the outside. Legitimately, in front of millions of people around the world, it, it would stagger that. along until he gets power bombed as the finish by his wife, soon to be ex at WrestleMania. At WrestleMania, and that's, that's right. when Mark Marrow's career ends. It's funny how like, how we've done four wrestling shows, and Mark Marrow is on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> how about that? That's a, that's a good take rate for him. New rule, yeah. next show, whatever the fuck it is, no Mark Marrow, please. <laughs> no Mark Marrow. We got to pick a show no without Mark him on Mar- it. That might be yeah. difficult. 
can can we do an entire show on it on Mark Marrow? No. Well, you know what? You can host your own goddamn podcast. <laughs> Mark Marrow. You want? Listen, listen. If we reach out to his representatives and promise him a bag of like spicy nacho Doritos, I think we could land him. It's very possible. Oh my god! Possible. We get Rob, Mark Marrow and Robin Chu together. <laughs> that that. I'm gonna reach out to Robin Chu. I'm thinking about it. Yeah, we're gonna it's just all all nipples. I want to shoot him just to see if I can repair that bridge between he and Jackie. Just to see if you know <laughs> what was once broken can 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 be once again. So you can call him dad. Yeah, Jack Jackie's fourth husband. It's no Luke. No. I would call him. Robin. I call him Luke Kang. Kang, Merry Christmas. Sub Luke Kang. You guys going to Chili's tonight? Cool. Yeah, so the so the notes that I had for this match in particular, it was not a great match. I mean, Jacqueline carried the match most of the time, aside from Sable getting the Sable bomb at the end. But you could tell it was peak attitude era because fifty percent of the entire match was just focused on her ass in those booty shorts. And that's like that's yeah. where the camera moved, and that's like yeah. it's like yep, that, th- this is the the era that we live in right now. This is definitely nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I the only real I have notes about the following the match is if I literally was just taking notes and realized that I transcribed the entire match and I'm not going to read it here because we've covered it. The Thank only you. Two important important things are <laughs> both times stable power power bomb somebody, but I think it is just to be serious for a second as, as much as I can is that this is a huge moment in WWF history at the time because Sable becomes WWF champion, yep. uh, WWF women's champion, and this starts the Sable everywhere era. Uh, it, this builds up not only to her working WrestleMania, but this leads to uh, the hand paint on the titties. Yeah, start right. uh, all of the tittiness, like uh, the string bikinis. Every single thing builds up all to this. All of the tittiness. Uh, okay. And then, then that idea is that you have to be a sex object you have to have big tits that we can eventually sell a magazine about would make it be like the for the next three years are you getting you're gonna be the top female star can we see your tits no then fuck off but if yes (laughs) my god here's a rocket you're going to the moon if you if you look at the way she executes the sable bomb if diesel gave somebody a power bomb the same way but pin them the same way like fucking missionary style like it'd be super gay <laughs> but when she does it it's not so bad fun 100% fun fact jeff which is like key attitude era <laughs> so so fun fact jeff that's actually how kevin nash got the role of super shredder ninja turtles <laughs> he, oh, no. that's, how, that's how he got the nickname diesel that's how diesel, that's how that's boy. how it all worked out so he puts the jack in jackknife jack he gave it to leonardo first because he's the cook <laughs> just, just, just. Leonardo, leonardo wants to watch him somebody else <laughs> That's the I give this back. Uh, He's going to be okay. <laughs> Get him some food. He'll be okay. <laughs> I like you want to wait a minute. I'm like, He's just been long standing in the damn podcast. <laughs> it's that joke. I'm glad I could bring just, it back. On my first, like, sh- my first show back, I bring it back. Oh, You're shit. fucking welcome. Oh, like, oh my God. Okay, Leo. <laughs> Leo, how long have you been sitting there watching me, man? 
Uh, oh, but man. I give this match uh, .75 useless Mark Marrows out of five. <laughs> it would have gotten less, but as Jeff mentioned, Sable did look really good in those shorts, and Miss Jackie got a set of big old titties on. Listen, he ain't lying. <laughs> mm -hmm. the, um, the, the, the one thing I'll mention about, the only thing I'll really mention about this match, and, and I'm not saying this to really be funny, but it was the end of it. Yeah. Um, it's that <laughs> oh. as soon as it was over, I finished when she finished. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, 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 that's the dream, isn't it? Except um, it was three minutes. That's it. That's a lot for you. And that's, that's, <laughs> that's two and a half minutes more than I'm probably used to. We officially yeah. lost Noah. He's gone. He's <laughs> gone. <laughs> After. <laughs> after, after after those three minutes, I just wish I got the pop that uh, that Sable did from the crowd. Oh my god! <laughs> usually, it's all a got a pop. usually, usually it's, it's just the sound of the ceiling fan going and some tears. But 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 my 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 point is is that yes. the crowd was in the crowd was into it. Oh yeah. They they oh, they, popped, they they popped when she won, regardless of of how good or bad the match was, and I think that's important for everything that came after it. You know, if you don't have if you don't have Jacqueline and 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 Sable, you don't get to you know Trish and Lita, and then you don't get to uh, Charlotte and Sasha and um, Becky and Bailey and everybody else. So it starts to show that there is an audience for it if you if you give it some time so yeah. you know i i i yeah. give that's, that's why i mean with the end is that you know there was a nice pop for that for that fin for her to win and uh it just shows that you know you can market it uh with the women wrestlers too if you really push it for sure yeah for sure but how interesting is it that in this time when we go from and speaking of people being super over that we go from Sable versus Jackie in a three-minute match to fucking Steve Austin versus Mick Foley. Uh, That's like shit. immediately fucking after in the middle of the goddamn show. And I, I this is this is one of the two huge storyline-driven matches in the in the whole thing. Yeah, and this was this is my favorite match of the entire card. Yeah. It was so good. My my second like start to finish, it was so good. Yeah, Jeff, this was my I, my notes on this. This is my second favorite match, and it is a close second <coughs> to the, the final match of the night between Rock and, and mm -hmm. Mick. And, and that kind of brings me to um, just Mick Foley in this pay-per-view, man. Just the work that he put in. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this again as we kind of go through. But yeah, I, I agree with you, Jeff. I, as you guys know, I'm a stone-cold fucking Mark all, all the way and i always will be right. um mm -hmm. just and, and just getting to relive the glory of the glass breaking and just what that means for a match it was so fucking good i and i love watching stone cold and mcfoley and all his iterations work i just always mm -hmm. thought they had good chemistry with each other awesome. and and they always had good matches and this is no different dude it was incredible um 
because you got to separate this match into two ways. You have one, the fact that it's those two working against each other and talking about styles that complement. They always have. They always will. Foley bumps like nobody's ever bumped. Austin fires up like nobody fires up. And when and when Foley wants to slow the match down and get the heat, it's perfect. And mm-hmm. it, it's fucking. It's uh, right now. It's Vince McMahon's chosen guy at this point in the pay per view yep. against the most over wrestler in the world. In That's the, the big I, thing. It's Vince's guy versus. The only guy that Vince hates more than any other guy. So it's going right. to have all the heat. But yeah. then they take what is a perfectly awesome match, and then they weave the culmination of so many of these storylines absolutely happen into it, just proving that all of the storytelling in this match is fucking pings. This pay-per-view, pings. Uh, and, a million, and in a million different ways. Uh, so the, the, the specific note that I wanted to say, right, is that, that you get at, a couple, at this point in the show, we start to hit a rhythm with these matches, right? Uh, they start hot, and then eventually this is going to get into the crowd, right? All the other tournament matches, literally every other tournament match after this follows that same blueprint, and the people are, like, fucking here for it. They go to all four different sections of the crowd in the corner, and people are like, oh, maybe they'll, they'll come over here by me, and they do. They do. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they work but, the ring for sure. Yeah, but what I love about was one thing, and it's kind of easy to get lost, is the fact that Foley bails after Austin just starts whooping on him. He, he bails. doesn't bail; he like sprints away. It's amazing. He's yeah. like, I'm gone. He's like, "Fuck this shit, I'm out." He was like X Pac, like, except he wasn't hurt. He just wanted to get the fuck out of there. And I have it in my notes that this is the last heel thing that Foley will do is the, that in the in the finish of this match for the rest of his career. And so it's, it's true. It's yeah. at this show. That is true. Yeah. On this, and then yeah, I never looked at it like that. No, well, and then the true. finish of this match are the last two heel things you ever do because it fucking works so good. Uh, but I mean, just to just go on it as we got, we got a shit awesome brawl. Uh, good back and forth. Um, Austin hits the stunner on the chair. First of all, by, before the DDT for the super wow. near fall that everyone bid on. Uh, and only stopped the three counts only stopped by Vince McMahon, who's miraculously he is healed. Oh, yeah. he is healed. Yeah. And hops out to stop the ref. Uh, and he decks the ref for his trouble. Uh Foley goes back to work. Here's a note. And has anyone noticed that at this point, when Foley starts firing back up on Austin, that his pants fall down. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. And yep. and everyone noticed except for him. Yes, and he whips Austin, steps out of the pants. Catches him with a clothesline. Uh, and but uh, he goes for a mandible claw. Austin stops him, low blows him, hits a stunner, and who comes sprinting down to the ring? Shane O'Mac. Shane It's O'Mac. a night of surprises, man. Night of surprises. Well, and, and 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 let's let's set the the TV evangelical <laughs> moment of the brutalized, borderline paralyzed, feeble Vince McMahon. In the Professor Xavier wheelchair, his miraculous recovery, Bra- yeah. bravely, bravely coming down to the ring to mm-hmm. to make sure things go the right way, and then yes. somehow with with divine wrestling intervention is able to miraculously use his legs to pull out the first referee mm-hmm. of the match. Well, he had he had the power of all three of Sergeant Slaughter's chins <laughs> to fucking help him. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's true, <laughs> Shit, you know, because so, that's the only thing Sergeant Slaughter did the entire time was just fucking stand around. But it's true. at least 
Patterson and Briscoe like made a show of it. <laughs> just, just, <laughs> just love watching Vinny Mac go full Vinny Mac during that point of the match. But, but to add into that, not only does this match ha- this show have everything that it has with Foley and The Rock and Austin, Undertaker and Kane and full Vinny Mac, but when Shane McMahon slides, slides in, in and mm. you think you think he's gonna be the big hero oh i remember that and i remember oh, that fucking God. look on austin's eyes when he got the fingers and he's like you Yo. cocksucker motherfucker right like that's it <laughs> it's, it's easy to forget that right here at that moment shano mac is born yeah 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 it did not yeah. exist yeah. in that way before <laughs> then and all the fucking money Shane McMahon has paid, all the memorable moments started from right here, not counting yeah, the that fucking three on that moment. Yeah, as as, as, as you and, as you say, Jim, and Austin sold it. God, sorry. The greatest. But go on. I was going to say, as you always say, Jones, the greatest non-wrestler wrestler of all time. Oh Easy. fuck it. yeah, Jesus, yeah, Easy. And, and, yeah. Austin sold it so well. He just couldn't believe it. You say, okay, he could just get up and start beating the hell out of him. No. The shock was so significant. Like Stone Cold didn't know what the fuck to do. <laughs> He's just like looking around. Like what? Wait, are well, you for real? Yeah. And what, the funny what? thing about that reaction. So like his initial reaction, like completely sold it. And then Shane's laughing, and then Austin gets up, and then Shane stops laughing, and he like starts slowly backing <laughs> like towards the corner. Laughing. Like should I get out? And then he gets he goes through the rope, and then he starts laughing again. And Austin's like still trying to figure out and process what's yeah. happening yeah. and he, the, the way they down. fucking sold it it's just so good so good but you also gotta think kayfabe is that austin can't touch him because he's the referee and austin is That's they're true. literally stacked the deck that he can't punch this guy in the face because at that point the bells yeah he's out and over and yeah uh and they end up and here's the here, in pro wrestling i won't even <coughs> fucking give Vince McMahon the hard time because this happens in every wrestling. And here's the thing is amazing match and this amazing story and all of these performances. And the big finish is a shitty chair shot by Briscoe. That is the worst chair shot I've ever seen. I mean, here, yeah. here, I mean, you understand. <laughs> like, it's like, uh, <laughs> it's a shooter swinging the chair. Yeah. Against your top star with a history of neck problems. You're not going to brain him. But you kind of right. would have, right? Because it would have looked great. Yeah, yeah. You got to sell it a little more than yeah. you did. But it's enough to keep Austin down for the three, man. And Austin's out for the big shocker of the night. Yeah, Austin's out of. The and then, table. then the McMahon camp leaves, runs, Hulk, runs. Yeah, all oh. the possible ass. <laughs> Austin commits grand theft auto, assaults a guy, carjacks him, <laughs> smashes a guy against the car next to him, and then fucking steals his fucking blue blazer and barrels out of the fucking arena to chase after the limo. Yeah. First of all, that guy, when he gets pulled out of that car, he's like, this is my one chance. And so when Austin pulls him, homie takes a fucking pinball machine bump off yeah, of the yeah. car. Just and I'm like, I'm like, if that guy was in that blazer, like, why did Austin have to start it when he got in there? Yep. Yeah, guy's just in there, probably watching minor details. Yeah, stable match. Yeah. Yep. But oh man, special shout out, special shout out to just good old Jr. Jim Ross during this match. <laughs> I mean, in in as great Jr. as you get. 
in this match just the 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 way he paints the picture you know it's not it's not a chair shot to the back it's a chair shot to a spine you know just the just the way he emphasizes things and and how he how he draws this out you know it, you just you get something with with him and lawler at this time with the two of them that that is just i they are as iconic with the attitude era as the attitude era itself because they they narrated it for us right they yep. they told us that story they yeah, they sold it for us. They sold it the whole time because so... they were giving us, they were feeding us the story and the bits that we were trying to fill in the gaps. They were filling it in for us. But like, that's you, their fucking job. But you believed them as they sold it, you know. And and, oh, and again, there are good, there are some good commentators today in various wrestling iterations, but they don't, they don't sell you the story. Mm-hmm. They don't, they don't, they're not a part of the story quite like quite like ross and, and lawler were during this time and I uh, just love love how they they in this match how, how great they were too at, at selling mm-hmm. this whole thing 100 i would welcome somebody being better than jim ross at commentary. it's not gonna fucking happen until then he's the best just find out what it yeah. is but fully advances through some serious fuckery legendary fuckery I give this match 3.5 shitty Briscoe chair shots. <laughs> Such a bad okay. chair shot. That's so, so bad. bad. <laughs> it's the only blemish on this match. And only and like, like it was almost like Briscoe was trying to figure out what he needed to do. And Austin's just like sort of stalling, like, mm-hmm. like half a step behind. And then he hits it with it, hits him with it. And then he's like, all right, I guess this is it. <laughs> I'll just fucking lay here. Yeah. (laughs) Shit, my night's over. (laughs) Uh, So now we move to uh, The Rock and uh, The Undertaker. Um, You know, I watched this match. It was was fine. Uh, But I maintain uh, that The Rock and and The Undertaker don't have the best chemistry in the world. They don't. No, Um, and you could feel it when you watch it back. Like at yeah. the time, I was like, "Oh, Rock and Undertaker, like that's that's, that's awesome. a that's a big draw," and like watching it back, I'm like, "This is like an average at best match." Like, it's okay. like they just like they just they just don't play off each other well, and I don't think they no. ever have. No, I, I not agree. really uh, not in the long form pay per view match that we kind of get. There, it's great on like a Raw segment where two guys just banging uh, across you know yeah. just oh and easy perfect awesome. yeah, in and out short yeah, form in and out big brawl schmazd and the raw super cool because all it's just two guys throwing punches but as soon as you're like all right tell me a story and work a match they just have two different styles and uh, undertaker in this era he had hits that oh okay well i'm gonna work like world-class style wrestling uh legendary epic wrestling because i can because i'm bored like he would about six seven years after this right when yeah, you right. get in there with everybody here everything's slow and mm-hmm. he prods down and the rock is literally electricity personified so he's trying to light it up but yeah, he throws quick bunches and undertaker's, undertaker's just slow to move around the ring big hoss fighting that's his style awesome. yep but again wasn't a terrible match just wasn't anything special considering the talent in the ring yeah and considering how far it was along in the the tournament in the grand scheme of things like i expected more but you 
you know, I, I know the next match on the card is the match designed to break things up before you get to the final match. It's designed to give Rock and, and Mick a chance to kind of rest before they go into that match because that last match goes uh, real, real hard. Um, but, you know, you're, you're talking about just like Undertaker's pace. It's almost, you know, with, with both of his matches, you know, I, I'm, I don't want to sit there and say he's going through the motions or anything, but there's almost a small element to that. It's like, well, you know, I know the role that I'm playing in this. I know where this storyline's going. I'm not really playing a part in this storyline. It's not about me. So I'm just going to kind of play my part, do what I have to do, and, and you know, we'll kind of get the rock through to the next match. But, yeah, it, yeah. The, the, the pacing is strange because, you know, you, you see where he works with – Sean Michaels and some other guys that move it about. Oh yeah, it's completely different. Where, where it is, yeah. I, I think in both of the both matches he had this particular night, like <clears throat> he just looked big and slow. But but if you have like his heart wasn't in it, it didn't feel like his heart was in it. But it, if not have, that he has one because he's the dead man. But. Yeah. <laughs> but if you if you have if you have a a Undertaker in this pay per view, that the storyline's not really about him per se. If he's going full, if he's going hard, he's working, working quick, and and you know really working in matches. Do you do you really want him doing that? Because does that then start to take away from what the undertake, what what the Rock has to do? Oh no! You know? So so yeah, you, I mean it's all part of a bigger yeah. picture. But yeah. I mean, if you look at the way he wrestles at WrestleMania, well, yeah, like that's what you expect, and that's not what you get. But at yeah, this one—that's the second thing, and it's just the further yeah. view of Kane. I, uh, I ultimately give this match 1.5 jabronis out of 5 just because of who's in it. You know, it's nothing special. I'm going to put a pause in this. I heard a bang upstairs. I want to make sure my toddler didn't fall out of bed. Just give me a minute. Okay. Give me a minute. Yeah, you do your thing. That's really important. <laughs> Go do that. Yeah. <clears throat> Technology, man. I know. It's a hell of a thing. This is just something we're going on Friday night. It's 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 not exactly the same, but it's effective. Yeah, right. What's up, Jones? Anything uh, changing for Sunday? Ghost. Oh, uh, Ghostbusters. No. Well, no. I mean, I, I mean, I got Daphne's party, man. Like, I, I'm gonna go and I'll, you know spend. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna be there. Spend some time, and then I got my usual Sunday. If I can get, no, probably not. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I like how he, yeah, like, he built your hopes up for like two seconds and he's like fuck you dave no <laughs> i'm just like realistically like the amount of stuff that i normally want sundays like i it's like an all not an all-day thing for my chores and just aquarium stuff and maintenance and things i just kind of go through my motions so yeah i'm you, i'm gonna have to do that after her party so yeah uh now it, it, now i'm just saying if this was like fucking spider-man i'd be like well fuck it i'll do it next week but it's fucking ghostbusters so that'll probably be the last one of these that i do will be, will be spider-man you know i i'd, I'd like to do spider-man and, and get the group together for that one for sure that's only three yeah. weeks away i know oh wait that's right christmas is coming that's right christmas yeah. is coming yeah real quick that movie's gonna be so fucking good alice um, says hello Hi, Allie. Hello. Hello, Mr. Hi, Allie. 
it was not my problem for like the last two hours <laughs> cat uh, was, I know the, the cat's there. The She's been on your lap. Yeah. Down. Okay. Leave, leave it. Leave it to Jones to be the one who's just had a pussy hanging around the house. You know, <laughs> it's always jumping in the frame. Very yeah, nice. pretty much. All right. Uh, well, okay. So I just want to make a note about the next segment here. Yeah. As we get going on, uh, I know we really haven't been talking about any of the, the mediocre interviews. We cut to Mankind, who hits our first, if you smell what the sock is cooking, that we'll ever get in history. But right after that, he's being interviewed by Michael Cole, who then deadpans to the camera. Like, <laughs> and it's at that moment, I think I started to hate Michael Cole. Like, real bad. Like, real bad. Uh, and we go from that what the fuck moment to the next what the fuck moment, which is the triple threat tag team match. Oh boy! So that happened. That was the thing. The uh, uh, yeah, the best part about that match was the same thing we get in every single match with the New Age Outlaws is the fucking yeah. intro. Just, <laughs> it was all downhill from there. Mm-hmm. Just know, if, if ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Generation right. X proudly brings to you its WWF Tag Team Champions of the Champions World. Champions of the World. The road dog Jesse James, the badass Billy Gunn, the new age outlaws. There you go, man. And then Billy Gunn's got four fucking lines after that, and he still always manages to stammer through them. First wrestling t shirt I ever bought New Age Outlaws. There you go. The 69 on the back. No, it was just, uh, I think I still have it here somewhere. No, it's just. The kids were wearing that. Think about that. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> they had no. We had no idea. No we idea. So naive. Man. Kids were so naive. Oh no, my it was God. just. Oh. It was just a. It was a black New Age Outlaws T-shirt with red and white letters, and it just said on the front, "Oh, you didn't know," and on the back, it just, "Your ass better call somebody." Like that's that just was the shirt. I I loved that in, their intro. You Dave know? was wearing that shirt when he was wearing the same shorts that Billy Gunn was wearing at this pay-per-view with the fucking mm-hmm. cutouts and his ass of like the lip the lip shape. <laughs> Listen, man, if it's there's terrible. ever if there's ever it's a time so bad. In my li- if there's ever a time in my life that I was gonna be wearing spandex uh boxing short or wrestling shorts with lip cutouts on my ass cheeks, it's gonna be when I'm fifteen years old because mm-hmm. my ass I at hockey player ass at that stage in my life so my ass was fucking huge so that's <laughs> the time to do it oh it's not it's not now where it's just saggy and droopy and just sad you know what was saggy and droopy and sad this fucking match yeah brutal <laughs> it was like the, we- the the rules were so weird that like the three guys had to be in at the same time and i think the tag teams like they weren't really coordinated and like how the format was and it just looked yeah. sloppy from start to finish yeah it, it was it, just a mess it was an absolute mess because uh, you gotta think about the basic and i i want to try not to talk about this match too long because it's not worthy of our time but the basic premise between triple threat matches in wrestling is that you have two guys wrestle one guy is outside the ring selling the whole time yeah. or he's a heel and he's been a chicken shit but when the match is just starting and no one has anywhere to go uh well then, then what do you? How do you tell a story with that? And this right. is the rare triple threat occasion 
where you have a babyface tag team in the New Age Outlaws, a tweener tag team in the Headbangers, and a heel tag team in the Nation of Domination. Um, but that being said, there are a few positives to it that I think, first of all, goddamn, uh, were the Outlaws over. Yep. Two, I dearly love that era of the, the D'Lo and Mark Henry Nation theme. Yeah, like, I and love yes. this fucking song. Watching, watching, yes. watching that back, like Mark Henry was fucking useless that whole match. Mm-hmm. Like he he did like two moves at the end, but like he really was useless. D'Lo was fucking putting in work. Mm-hmm. Like that was the highlight of the match. Was fucking D'Lo, even though he's wearing that, that stupid like mm-hmm. sparkly like vest pads, whatever the fuck he was wearing. But he was putting in work, and he was getting over. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because, yeah. Because the the outlaws came out, and everyone was completely into it. Then the headbangers came out to the most non-reaction. They, they got a less reaction than they were Shamrock. useless in that entire fucking match. The tag team, the time forgot. And I then think, the nation whoa. theme hits, and the crowd starts booing. Because you also got to think, not only is D'Lo a workhorse and is he putting everything in, but they had just turned on the Rock less than two months ago. Right. Like, yeah. They're freshly, freshly on their own. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know why they were saving a one-on-one between D'Lo and Mark Henry and, and the Outlaws. It should have been this match. It would have been should have been more cohesive. Yeah. But eventually, the the super fucked finish happens, right? I mean, eventually, Billy Billy Gunn hits his finish. It doesn't get anything. Mark Henry just decides to cover him. The rest <laughs> like, that's not the fucking finish. And then Billy Gunn hits a, sh- a pile driver and just gets the fuck out of there. And you can tell he's visibly pissed at the end of this match. It's- yep. And it shows everyone his ass and his thong. <clears throat> he does. Yeah. For some strange it's good reason. times. You, yeah. you, you have a, I think you still have a pretty green Mark Henry, right? Super green. Where, where you got a, you, you got him working with, with, with D-Lo. Obviously you've got, um, you know, everything going on with the nation and the mentorship that he had um, with. Um, oh, my God. Why am I drawing a blank right now? Um, fuck. Help me out here, guys. With the leader of the nation? Yeah. Farouk. Farouk, Farouk was long Farouk. gone. Man. Yeah. But I mean, but I mean, you had Farouk with them. You did. When, for a while. when, when Mark yes. Henry was coming in. And, and the godfather um, had just become the godfather. He was gone. He was right. He was right. He was not associated yeah. anymore. Yep. Uh, and, and you guys all know my love of the Godfather and 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 how that associates with my life. Right, I do. Um, would you like that to? Would you like me to share that with our listeners? Um, do we do that on this? Think podcast? about that one. Share that for the next. One? <laughs> no, we'll, we'll do it on. It's, yeah, a, it's up to you. About that. It affects you way way more than it affects it, us. It, it, it does. <laughs> for the sake does. for the sake uh, of of possible relationships, I'm going to go ahead and say we'll save that for another one after we'll you get written consent. We'll we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll table that. We'll table that story. Uh, but but I think I think ultimately, if you look at the total card, like this is a total throwaway penultimate episode or penultimate match mm-hmm. of the pay per view. Like it was, it was such a shitty match. It was so it was, bad. It was. There, there was one really good spot though. There was one that did not include D'Lo Brown, much to my surprise. The springboard clothesline from the inside of the ring to the outside of the ring by Mosh was fucking ridiculous looking. Yeah, that was good. I was just like, oh, holy shit. And then it was downhill from there. 
You can't say, and also Road Dog sold his ass off, taking all, most of the heat in this match. You mm -hmm. can't say well, the guys didn't try. It just wasn't. It was put there just to break it, up. Yeah, it was poorly put together all around. Just right there, it was wrong spot. I think you put this match, you take a, a team away from it, and you swap this in the Sable match, and every, every better results are achieved without doing with doing far less than you did. Right. right? Agreed. Uh, yeah, yeah. I I gave this match point two five ass cheeks out of five. <laughs> okay, I think that's fair. Yep. Honestly. And now, so here we are. Here we are. This is like the such grand a cool finale. fucking moment. The grand finale, real, um, which none so of us. Go ahead, James. Go ahead. Oh, uh, I was just gonna say I I. I, I don't know about you guys, but uh, in 1998, when I was a teenager, uh, big Austin fan, big rock fan, uh, when th what happened happened, it was such a strange emotion because I dug it, but I was so pissed about it. I was, I, was so, I was so excited that this dude was finally, like, moving forward. Getting over it. In, yeah. like everybody seeing what i saw like this dude's money this dude's so good and then and then that doesn't happen the way i thought it was gonna happen <laughs> yeah well how well how about earlier the broadcast in the telecast fucking i'll just keep thinking lawler and ross is that right? the same glass jones oh yeah it was this motherfucker it was this it was filled up all right <laughs> that's, that's not full that's half <laughs> it was filled <laughs> <laughs> okay like to see you do that i have seen him do that <laughs> i don't remember it but i did it yeah i bet you don't remember but how about these motherfuckers earlier in the broadcast talking about the montreal fucking screw job like mm -hmm. briefly for yeah. like 15 seconds where ross says to lawler like what do you think this is? This isn't gonna. This isn't another Montreal screw job. And then it fucking is another Montreal. <laughs> it, really is. it is the St. Louis yes. screw job. Foreshadow like a motherfucker. That's what they were like, doing. But and, and it's such a. It, it was such a throwaway thing. As as I heard that in the pay per view because you know, the first time you, mean, you don't think, and then even knowing what I know and how this was going to end, it still didn't really connect with me until I watched the finish of that fucking final match. Yeah, Cause you're like, there's no way they're going to do it two years in a row. Like, like why the fuck would they shit. even say that? Yeah. yeah. But like they fucking did again, the, 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 just the, again, I love to reiterate just how fucking smart they were with this pay-per-view oh to build this, you know? It is one of the smart, if not the smartest booked pay-per-view shows I've ever seen, much less in wrestling history, I think, because this match ticks so many goddamn boxes. Because how do you not mention Montreal? It happened a year ago at this point. It, yeah, at, yeah. At least it, Almost a year to the date. Yes, it was. It, not only did it happen a year ago, and was it big for your promotion because it gave you the fucking characters you're in this match with now and in like the, the whole storyline, but it was big, legitimate talk amongst everything else. It's one of the most popular things you did. So how do you not fucking reference it? And plus, it plus, it was Vince pulling the strings. And if you see how the, the previous eight months were, 
it was Vince pulling the fucking strings. So like you, you almost expected, but you're like, no, they're not going to do it again. Like, no, no. Yeah. Exactly. We're going to, we're going to hold this kind of tap it yeah. on the nose and yeah. walk away from it. But Jones, what you said earlier, I too was huge into the rock, right? That nation run and that, that late, that 98 nation run when, with the new music and they kicked Farouk out was fucking incredible. Uh, right. But you wanted them to be a babyface. You did. Everyone with Heave is a babyface. And we all wanted them to be a babyface. Uh, and it's one of those times that by giving you the exact opposite of what you wanted, they gave you what you wanted. And it fucking worked mm -hmm. better than if you had been a babyface. Because if you had been a babyface, you would have always been behind Austin. But now, now like, they, he's the fucking the man. And we, we were on a goddamn collision course set for the rest it's, of the history. It's wild. You think if you look at the every match The Rock was in, with the exception of the small package, but every match where the match went over a minute, um, he wrestled as a heel in every single match. He did. I mean, now, to be fair, The Rock always kind of wrestles as a heel for the most yeah. part, uh, except for like the last several years of his full time run, last year or two of his full time run. But like then, much like Austin, Austin wrestles like a heel. He's like a brawling heel. He's mm -hmm. never not done that. Yeah, but, but he Rock, gets over with the fans. Yeah, yeah. Rock was was effectively every match doing heel tactics constantly the entire night, and um, so nothing really changed. The Rock was still the Rock. You know, he he never said that he loved the people. He was just the people's champion. Doesn't mean he likes you. <laughs> you know, uh, but the match itself was great. Man, like, oh, dude, dude yeah. you want to talk about chemistry? It was so good. Dude, and, more, and more importantly for me, I'm sitting and I'm watching this, and I'm like thinking to myself where this is leading. The feud that these two guys are going to have for a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in Real hindsight, like to see it in hindsight, shit. like, as yeah. a hell of a run as a feud. Incredible. It's just excellent. It's just this, so much this. money was generated from this one match. From this one interview was generated forward. You this know, match this? Would, would main event every possible big show they had until WrestleMania. It just, that was the first show it didn't main event. They fucking took this match to the halftime of the Super Bowl. Yeah, which was a yeah. fun match. It was a great match. This was my favorite match of the night, without question. I, I think it's awesome. Um, just the 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 fucking layers that they built into this, and of course, you know, it, it is the longest match of the night by far. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's at least seven minutes longer than, than, yeah. than, than every other match that came for it. But like when, you know, they're outside the ring, Mix got the fucking stairs and he's lifting it up <laughs> yeah. and he turns and rock fucking hits him with the chair hits him with the over chair, and over and again. He drops and, and he then drops. he just fucking pummels him on the ground. Yeah. He drops with the <laughs> stairs on top of him. And then rock just starts fucking going to town with so the chair good. on the stairs. Like it just so great, right? It's um, incredible. Yeah, it's just incredible. And and I I want to say here, everybody, because we all fucking grew up with this. We all oh, yeah. knew that on a pay per view, that at some point in the night, the Spanish announce table was going down. <laughs> oh, it's gonna get wrecked. And I'm no matter what. And I'm thinking to myself in this pay per view, right? We get a shot. They're outside the ring, and I'm like, motherfucking Spanish announce table still going. Not for long, boys. Not for long. Because <laughs> right, right. rockets put on the table. Mick climbs up two ropes. Fucking elbow drops. Yep. And just fucking goes right through.
Oh. And and one of my favorite spots of the night, right? I just I just love that. Well, yeah, it, you got to think before the big twist, right? This match is a fucking banger because oh, it, it's mm-hmm. back and forth the whole time, mm-hmm. and it's two guys, and it's hitting just, on every level. Absolutely, these are two guys. They're there. The winner is the WWF champion. Neither guy has been WWF champion before. Yep. One is a is a is a young upstart. Who has his entire career ahead of him? He's a third generation wrestler. Yeah, he has a he has a family legacy. He does. And on the other it, hand, that is like predispositioned for him. And on the other hand, yes, on is despite being only six or seven years older than the other guy, his body has been through the fucking meat grinder and has done everything as possible only to be told he'll never be the champion, he'll never be the face of the company, and he's one fucking match away. And so this match tells that story, and they do everything they can. The sweet table spots, the the, the sick chair shots, the the, the sweet-ass double-arm DDT that fully hits. He hits it like six times this show. This is the best one he hits. Um, I do have a note that, uh, that JR says on here. This is my favorite JR line of the whole thing. He says, the rock went splat on the floor and left a sweaty spot. And I thought, mm. that happens a lot at our age. Right? That's relatable. <laughs> Very relatable. We've all we've all gone spinal. Yeah, and, and I, I love when the match spills over onto the regular announce table and you just yep. hear JR just screaming for the refs, get control of the damn match. They're, <laughs> JR they're just goes just, ham, man. Just going off. Um, and fully takes a bump that I never seen before, and I made a note of it, and I've never seen anyone take. They're brawling on top of the <laughs> table. And The Rock punches him, and Foley takes the bump flat back off of the side onto the chairs. Yeah, like you didn't, Mick. You are less than six yeah. months after Hell in a Cell. Yeah, stop yeah. doing that. Yeah, you got yeah. thrown for fucking forty feet up. Yeah, <laughs> you know, don't what, take, stop <laughs> taking new bumps. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 take the bump onto those to the padding on the other you know, side. Would have been com- great. Comparatively, though, you know, Hell in a Cell two feet from the table to the chairs. Hey, yeah, not as bad, but it's still, it's, it's a, it. It, 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 you know what? And he still find a way to take the roughest version of that. Land. Oh yeah. He sold he that so well. Going, yeah. He sold that so well, oh, but we get fully hits the double arm DDT. He goes for Sako and he gets it dead center in the ring, but the rock gets out of it, fires up and hits a rock bottom and both men are down. And, Jones, would you would you like to take it from here? What happens right then and there? Uh, well, the long and short of it is, uh, you know, Rock gets up, you know, he's looking at McMahon, gives the people's eyebrow, looks like McMahon's maybe giving it back. And we get to see wrestling history, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to put you in the mindset of like a teenager, right? You were there. You were all there. You see the sharpshooter. <laughs> Fucking sharp. a shitty sharpshooter at best. It is, the Rock it have to be good. Of all <laughs> the few sins that he has committed in the wrestling business, he has a shitty sharpshooter, and he, he fucking leans into it. God bless. I mean, but not to interject, but No and I initially bonded as friends over our love and affinity for fucking Brett the Hitman Hart. Yeah. Best there is, best familiar. there was, best there ever will be. <laughs> And to yeah. see a shitty sharpshooter a year after the Montreal Screwjob, like, 
it was there's like this pit in my stomach like god damn it you <laughs> motherfucker like why are you even trying that and then to get the fucking bell without a tap out i'm like god damn it here we go well, so so guys <laughs> did we ever think maybe that it's a shitty shooter because maybe they were just giving a little bit of a middle finger to brett oh 100 percent. you know yeah yeah because vince is yeah. so bitter i mean oh, yeah. you know, i mean vince doesn't hold a grudge right no, so. never, <laughs> never. But I mean, I, I also thought that was part of the reason why it was such a shitty sharpshooter is because of just let me go ahead and and we're going to give you a whole lot right now. But in the process, we're going to, you know, go ahead and give a nice little because he might be watching. I don't know if he is or if he isn't. But we're going to have a little middle finger here to Brett. The dude who spit in my face a fucking year ago today. And, uh, and knocked me out. And knocked me well, out. Here's here's a nice little fun little thing. Uh, at the time of the Montreal Screwjob, the WWF was losing the Monday Night War. And more people left yeah. WWF for a few weeks. when after, To go to WCW. Go to WCW. And yep. they largely stayed there until two weeks before this in which a lot of them came crawling back to Vince McMahon he's like oh did you leave me for Brett well guess what fuck you (laughs) (laughs) that is that is because they did such a poor execution of Brett's entrance into WCW like they completely fucked his career listen listen that's an episode that's gonna happen in and of itself like I can't wait I want to call it I'm so angry and bitter over that. Like oh, yeah. there's so much potential. Oh and yes. like they just fucked it so hard. It's it's, it's, it's the biggest terrible. Fuck. It's the biggest ball drop in the history of wrestling. It's yeah. Bret Hart post Montreal and you did shit with him. You made him a referee. Yeah. You made him a goddamn it's referee. Terrible. Terrible. And they wonder why they lost the Monday Night Wars. <laughs> They knew why they lost. They, they know yeah. all right. Yeah. <laughs> Turner's money they only gets there. you so far if you don't have fucking skill and execution. So back in 1998, when you watched this happen, you're a kid, whether you were a huge fan of The Rock or not. Yeah, I mean, we were, were all shocked. teenagers. You're yeah. like, oh. So I hadn't watched this match since that. So to go back and watch it, now with adult eyes, I'm looking at all the details as I know what's going to happen. Dude, the crowd. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Oh, no. What, 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 what the fuck? And that's amazing. That's the reaction you want. To yeah. really fuck with people. Because dude was so white hot. He couldn't have been any more over for the position he was in. And then you just flip it. Just like that. And align him yeah. with the biggest heel in wrestling. We're gonna give you the ending you we're gonna give you the ending you want just not the way you want it. It's like what mm. Game of Thrones should have done, but just couldn't fucking do. Nope. Like, let's just give you an ending that you want, but do it in a way that you're not expecting. And just and then, fucking watching him embrace the McMahons just oh my felt God, it's so, so, terrible. so mm. wrong. And just Mick so is just wrong. turning more and more face as he's so befuddled oh, and so God. poor oh, guy is so confused. Yeah. So, so what I had in my notes was the crowd popped as soon as the bell rang because they didn't realize that he didn't actually tap. Yep. He didn't actually submit. And then as soon as Vince and Shane jumped in the ring, like the crowd got real quiet and they stayed quiet 
until the rock hit mankind with the belt and started curb stomping him. Mm-hmm. And then they popped in the opposite direction. They're like, fuck yeah. this guy. Yep. And I was like, holy shit to see 20,000 people just fucking turn in the matter of two minutes. Like it was crazy. I would say it is the second best double turn in wrestling history. We all know what one is. Yeah. For completely, (laughs) for completely different reasons. Right. The very idea that the match is an amazing match before it ever gets started. Right. Then the swerve happens and it takes everything. No, here's the thing. We get the super, super rare. We're talking about few, you kind of one hand how many times in history this has happened. Trash being thrown into the ring at a WWF event. Yeah, it doesn't happen too often. ECW happened all the fucking time, right? It happens at ECW all the time. They threw threw the fucking building in the ring. But in WWF, never fucking happened. (laughs) Uh, And it fucking happened here, which tells you how well it worked. Well, well, it's well, it started that. happening when Vince and his crew ran out of the building yeah. earlier in the night, and they were fucking awesome. pelting them with shit mm-hmm. like their whole way out, and that was sort of like yeah. building yeah. up uh, the momentum. Yep. Mm-hmm. After the Austin match, you uh, you took the words right out of my and mouth. It, and it's funny because like watching it back on Peacock, because like the middle fingers are blurred and all that shit. Yeah, but strange. like as soon as that first like beer cup hits the ring, like. There's a close-up of the rock saying, fuck you. <laughs> the rock had no chill. He was such a heel, man. He was such a fucking heel. Like, he like no immediately chill, went man, from, man, man. I love the people, to fuck you people. Like, that's what it was. <laughs> the corporate uh, champion, man. The corporate uh, champion. And you fucking love to hate it. Like, oh that's God, the yeah. thing. And well, they- and immediately at that point and the other thing to add into why it was so perfect is what i loved about it was so they embrace right but you don't have fully rolling around and 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 selling it from the aisle way he's standing in the rain he's standing there like i don't know what's happening like, dad why, tell me why? what's happening <laughs> why dad why why'd you do this and then well, oh. well how about how he walks up and grabs the microphone afterwards and goes i didn't get pinned Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't tap. Yeah, I didn't tap. Like he just fuck it. Like and 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 Mick plays that so well. Mm-hmm. As 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 at that point, he is all of us. He's the baby face. Yeah, he's the audience now, expressing yep. what we're all thinking that we wish we would have said a year ago. Mm. Just I think I think just even adds to it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Here's a fun little fact Agreed. to add into that. Mick Foley is one of the wrestlers that left after the Montreal Screwjob and took took a yeah. week off before he came back because he was so pissed about it. It's a nice little heat. But in that moment, now the Attitude Era is in full swing. The Rock is the heel corporate champion. Mick Foley is on the path to becoming the most endearing babyface. Yeah, fucking mankind. The guy who fucking chokes guys with a fucking sock is all of a sudden like the face face of the good guys. So good. There there is one part that that I think we need to acknowledge. And it's a part of the match, or the match was over, that I totally forgot about. I don't know how it was gone, but it was the moment that The Rock arrived when austin came back out the right. crowd popped yep. and they had this stare down and you just go oh shit this is the this 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 is where we're going and, and the best part of that was for the best 
Yeah, the best part of that was so Austin comes out from behind the fucking skull, and then <laughs> of course there's he does. no, there's no music, like there's no breaking glass, but the entire crowd just fucking goes off. Oh, they knew. Like, they were as soon for. as he came out, and he came out real slow, and he stopped, and he like hesitated for a second, and then he just fucking took off and went straight to the ring. And now, as a heel, and now this is like wrestling one one, right? Like as a heel, your job is to sell things in a specific way, just like as a face, right? But the the Rock could have sold that moment in a totally different way. Just took a powder and got out of the ring. Chicken shit heel, gone. It would have been fine. It would have made sense. But he didn't. He stood there, said, "Come on, motherfucker, let's do it." I hate yeah. you. I fucking. That's exactly hate right. Yeah. They hate each other. They fucking yeah, had so this good. shit back in the intercontinental days. This feud is real. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, That's it's the beauty it's, of it. It's hands down probably one of the greatest feuds in all of wrestling history. Ever. Ever. And this is like three. This is this is the part where it like takes it to the next level. Yep. Mm-hmm. I said the rock that moment. The rock, but Austin leveled the rock up when that happened. He I mean, took, he put he's uh, you can't. But now you're with me here. Yeah. Come on, let's go to WrestleMania. Perfect. Think about let's the make consequences some money. of this though. We're talking about this being The Rock's first WWF title win. And the thing that takes him from a upper mid-card wrestler to a main event wrestler. But this is the thing that launches The Fucking Rock, Dwayne Johnson. And all yep. of the shit that has happened mm-hmm. in the last 25 years. And that's some shit. <laughs> is because of this fucking moment where it worked. If it had fallen flat and people treated it like, and here's another nice little thing. The Rock fucking debuted for the company two years earlier than this. His first fucking match at Survivor Series 96. Wait, so so no, what you're saying is that everything that's happened in the last 21 years is because of this moment. So you're saying that Vin Diesel's feud with Rock would not have been made possible if Stone Cold Steve Austin did not walk out from behind that skull, and then Rock was like, "Fucking come on, motherfucker!" Like that—that—that's what we're talking about here. Quite possibly. We just established the precedent of bald guys that are unnecessarily aggressive coming at the Rock, and the Rock's like, "Fuck you!" This is this is this is pretty much Fast and Furious ten and eleven. I think that we just kind of laid out. Oh my god, how fucking I'd actually see a Fast and Furious movie if the Fast and Furious 10 was just Survivor Series 98. That's all. <laughs> Fast and Furious 10, a deadly game. A deadly game. So so but if, if you think if you think about where the rock was then and then you think about Red Notice which came out on Netflix last week with the rock, it had <laughs> 150 million streams in the first two days, which is the highest streamed movie ever. Ever. And would that have been the same if The Rock would not have gone on that trajectory he went on because of when he shifted everything on that that fateful night 23 years ago? In St. Louis. Well, and and think about this, too. Uh, Another thing that I kind of really noticed in the pay-per-view is that they didn't have the big fucking Jumbotron then. Mm-mm. Didn't no. you know they that was a twenty one thousand people in that arena? If you have that fucking jumbotron up there, fifteen thousand maybe at best. Yeah, it cuts 000. off a whole like section of the arena. Uh-oh. They just had that entrance ramp, which was on ground level, the with fucking the, with the skull and like the archways above it. Yeah, like that was it. The skull was the fucking zamboni entrance, basically with mm-hmm. with that with that thing put over it, and you know. 
you had that organic reaction of the people realizing Stone Cold was coming out mm-hmm. because the people yeah. noticed it a small section before everybody started to notice it. Yeah. And you just had that groundswell too. That just it's like the wave, that. right? Yeah. It's Fuck like the wave. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Noah, can I take a page out of your book, please? <laughs> yeah. Noah, wait. hey, wave, wave. So everybody, real quick, you know, go sporting events, you know, get everybody's, everybody's having a good time, brought the kids, we got popcorn and everything. Three motherfuckers, four sections away from you decide, I got a great idea. Let's all stand up and throw our hands in the air and then stand down and then see if other people are going to fucking do it too. So a little something that they like to call the wave. Well, hey, wave, guess what? Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Spoiler alert. Dave does not like the wave. Not a fan. Not a fan. uh, One of my my favorite. Go ahead. No, no, please. One of my favorite moments about their celebration in the ring was how hard it was for fucking Vince to put the belt around the rock's waist. Oh my god, it was so <laughs> awkward. It, it just couldn't do it. It just didn't happen. Was, at one point he was just holding it in place, like, just just keep talking. I'll just hold it here for now. And then he's like, the rock's like, fuck you, I'm putting it over my shoulder. Like, that was, that was, the, that was, that was, that was easily the first time that Vince realized what the rock was cooking. He understood. He, he right. was there. So I think Ultimately, uh, I think we can all agree this was just an excellent pay-per-view all around. For sure. Um, so, favorite matches. So, I, I already mentioned my favorite match uh, was definitely uh, X-Pac and Regal. I just thought they tore the house down. Same. Uh, what about it's you guys? you're a man's man. I'm a man's yeah, man. My, I think the best match was the main event, but I think my favorite match was definitely Regal and X-Pac. I think it was a clinic. And how do you, how do you get your shit in and over? Without yeah. with adding, not subtracting to a goddamn thing. Other than possibly subtracting to Sean Waltman's collarbone, at some point. Right. Next. When I when I when my wife was watching the first half of the pay per view with me before she completely lost interest and started talking shit on us, <laughs> but she was like, know, "He's right. like, isn't that the bald guy who was in the China documentary who was high on?" like all the time and i was like yeah that's xbox maybe yeah maybe <laughs> like yes that's accurate <laughs> it's it's weird what she remembers and what she processes it's, but it's amazing that your wife knows her him best from one night in china yeah then the entire no, entirety the rest of his career. not the porn there was a documentary Technically, isn't that a documentary, though? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Is it amateur porn? Just another version of a documentary. You just documented me. But my, my, my favorite match was uh, Austin and Mankind. That was that was the highlight for me. What about you, Mac? Um, it, it's, it's so much of the just Mick Foley of this pay-per-view. This pay-per-view does not go if it's not for Mick Foley. Um, so between those two matches, I, I keep going back and forth on it. I just, I got to give the last match of the night the edge over the Mankind Austin just because they fucking pull out all the stops in that match. I think, I think the spots outside the ring, like you mentioned, him taking that bump where he just goes off the table onto the chairs and down 
which looked awkward as fuck when it happens. Uh, him getting, as as I always enjoy, the Spanish announced table getting destroyed. Him taking that that L, that drop off that the the top rope onto that. Just everything that kind of went through that match. I I I loved that that final match between those two. And you know, you see the birth of their chemistry together. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, this pay per view like triggered so many feuds. So you think about the Rock and Mankind, which was like the first feud, like right after this event. If you think about the Rock and Austin long term, if you think about how it helped elevate the Austin and McMahon feud overall, but like without Mankind, like Mick Foley took so much shit from start to finish in this event. And if you think about everything leading up to that, including Hell in a Cell when he got fucking tossed over the fucking cage here in Pittsburgh, but like he took chairs, he took stairs, he took fucking through tables, he took rock bottoms, he got Stone Cold Stunnered at the very end of the event for no reason. No fucking <laughs> he got, right. He's got he Poor got guy. curb stomped. He got beat the shit out of, and he just shows up like day after day. And for a guy to be able to take that and still sell it, like that's super fucking impressive. Like he's the MVP of the event in my mind. One hundred percent MVP he, of the event for me. He absolutely is, and I don't think you could put any other wrestler. No other guy could sell this, it the way he sold it. No other guy no. could have done this pay per view. What it needed to do, and accomplish what it needed to accomplish. If it's not him, yeah, except for maybe yeah. Cactus Jack or. Dude, Possibly love, maybe. Do, do love, Possibly do dude, love, dude, love, yeah, yeah. 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 A little bit one of those, one of those guys could definitely, probably pull it off. Definitely do love. Yeah. I have a um, question for you guys. I have a question. No. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, like our favorite match. Uh, who's the MVP? Sure, but I have a question. Who had a bigger night? Not so much. Just think about it for a second. Don't answer right away. Who had a bigger night? The Rock, Mick Foley, or Shane McMahon? Who had a bigger night? Mm. Earlier in this podcast, you guys asked who are the three best, you know, um, regular clothed wrestlers, you know, street clothes wrestlers. Fucking Shane McMahon. Let me go ahead and put him there as my third. You know, I give my love for the Brooklyn Brawler. Obviously, uh, we would try to do John Cena, but of course, we can't see him. No. Um, but fucking Shane O'Mac. The 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 non the greatest non wrestling wrestler of all time, fucking shows up in a t shirt and warm up baseball pants. jersey baseball jersey that's baseball his go to yeah yeah the baseball jersey and fucking warm and and just snap pants right warm up pants and and just can fucking you know at all these years just goes. Literally so Shane, your answer? Shane is my answer. Um, I, you can never underestimate, even though all the years that he was gone, the contribution of Shane, the birth of Shane O'Mac, right? Shane McMahon, mm -hmm. uh, and what that's done for wrestling over the years. Uh, I, I don't think you can undersell the, the importance of that because, you know, I, I think with all the other 
characters and all the other wrestlers and, and everything else that they go on had accomplished to this point will go on to accomplish um this pay-per-view sets that but nobody was created like shane mcmahon was so yeah shane's my shane's my answer to that one all right mr brown oh i'm gonna have to say that i'm gonna say mcfoley because i think when you put of those three it was great that shane arrived but shane's greatest moments were ahead of him and making his name as being shane mcmahon the crazy motherfucker was ahead of him and i think the rock would have gotten to the heights that he would have without this show doing it a different time in a different way but wrestling four times in a night taking all the shit he did going into it as a pathetic heel and coming out of it like number two baby face the most relatable person in the company and it, and he would never he would never come back down as a matter of fact six weeks after this Mick Foley becomes wwf champion like it's a sentence that nobody would have seen come six weeks right. after this because they turned him baby face so I, I mean, if really between Shane McMahon, The Rock, and Mick Foley, uh, God, putting money in any of those three is a, a winning proposition, right? But I think mm-hmm. this night did more for Mick Foley than it did well, for anybody else. Well, can because can, you know, no, no, can can I also just interject that you know hit the very first match of the night he had to wrestle the fucking incomparable. <laughs> The legendary. immortal, <laughs> the legendary <laughs> Dwayne Gill. The thing, the most impressive thing about Dwayne Gill was that he made it to the ring, but his dick was still dragging 15 yards behind him because that's See, how impressive. impressive it's actually the opposite. See, that's I fu- go the that's other- fuzzy math. That's pretty far. <laughs> I go the other that's way around. Dwayne Gill entered the arena, but his dick had already been there for four minutes. Oh, <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, all right, Jeff, how about yourself, man? What do you think? While I respect uh, both of my friends here, Dave and Noah, but fuck you both. It's the fucking rock. <laughs> Without a doubt, it's the fucking rock. Because although he was getting over with the people, he didn't really get over until this point. Mm-hmm. And at that point and the, the few months to year following, like people love to fucking hate the rock because he's so fucking good at what he does. And to see him elevate from that point forward and the feuds that he creates forward and what he does for the industry moving forward and what he's done with his career since I think without a doubt, like this was the rocks defining moment in terms of pivoting his career, getting out of the shadow of his dad and his grandfather and everything else of his fucking legacy that he came from and defining himself as the rock and not Rocky Maivia or Dwayne Johnson or anything else. He's a fucking rock. And that's why. Now, Jones, before I toss it to you to answer, I just want to point out to some so everybody, Shane McMahon yeah. would remain a heel for about two more years. McFoley would be a babyface for almost the entirety of the rest of his career. The Rock turned babyface seven months after this. 
That's he was right. a good guy again. Seven months after this, because he was so popular as a heel, that they're like, "Fuck it." And Austin <clears throat> taking time off, and they were they were yeah. they were going in places after this. So, so just let you know that like the rock the rock could not be stopped. Just kind of uh, reiterate that star that train left the station on yeah. this day and has not stopped. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's gonna outlive. Rock's gonna probably outlive us all. Honestly, yeah. uh, he's um, gonna be president. So we most likely to he's going to be some political position. I'm sure of that. I, you know, I who's not going to be president? Fucking Dwayne Gill. <laughs> <laughs> no, he might be president of the Rotary Club. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dwayne Gill's president of a local multi-level marketing. <laughs> Dwayne Gill has an exciting investment. He's got a great. He's got a prince in fucking Algeria. His uncle lives there. <laughs> and he's got a great pyramid scheme that you could sign up for. Also, your car warranty has expired, and you might want to buy it from Dwayne oh Gill. <laughs> Listen, so- if Dwayne Gill fucking calls me tomorrow and says, Dave, <laughs> I heard that your car's extended warranty has expired. Are you interested in extending that? Fucking yes. You answer. Here, here, is, here is all my money, Dwayne Gill. You answer, Dwayne Gill, I'm already extended right now. I can fucking move on it. I don't have any money, but my dick's super hard. I am extended and protected, Dwayne. Let's go. So, this question. Who's your answer? To answer the question, goddammit. Um, uh, McFoley, Shane, The Rock. Uh, I before the show started, I wasn't even thinking about Shane McMahon in the conversation until I saw what happened, and I'm like, "Well, fuck, man, Shane, that's Shane O'Mac." Like you said, no, it was born this night. Uh, but I, I still have to give a nod. I think The Rock had the biggest night, I, and and, I'm, and only because if you look at what it like you said a short i mean a, a significantly short amount of time that he was full-time wrestling on a main roster situation you know to go from being rocky Maivia to rocky the rock you know johnson rocky Maivia the rock nation domination go through the motions and he becomes the rock that night for him to go from being about as over a baby face i mean organically not because they were trying not because they wanted him to be but because he was just fucking cool to becoming the number one hated guy in the company in about 17 minutes <laughs> it's pretty fucking cool and yes the trajectory maybe he would have hit it anyhow and he probably would have but if they if he became heavyweight champion in space i don't know if it would have gone the same way oh, because no, him turning babyface again you know the next year was big money oh yeah rocket 99 was money because there was no austin he was number one you know but I, I think i think in grand scheme i think the rock had the biggest night followed by mcfoley for fucking sure 1a 1b and then dwayne gill I want to yes. I want to pause here for a second. So the last episode that I was on, we were talking about Lincoln Park, and Jones and I were on the same page the whole time. From that point until today, when I was back on the show, 
Jones has just been shitting on everything and combating Noah the whole time. Every time. And and now that I'm back on the show, like we're back on the same page. And it's fucking awesome. I, and it's I, great. I, I did notice in the previous episode, hung over Herb Jones is fucking mean to me. <laughs> I was not mean to you. I don't think it's like, you're a fucking liar. I'm, you're I'm, fuck fuck you, Noah. I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so i'm just saying it's really good to be back this was oh i was really God. i was really uh worried about a potential golden globe situation we had here. oh my uh, god uh, so yeah, man you know Dave, you and i can join each other on the ostracized uh way is this how you feel normally in conversations safe when someone doesn't agree with you you know it's 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 <laughs> It, it, it's it's one of those things where I, I got to witness the the Noah and, and Doctor Jones uh, face off uh, first. It was and, face off, and and just 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 like fucking John Travolta and Nick Nick Cage circa nineteen ninety seven face off level intensity. Face off, face and, off, and just and just sitting there with like a bag of popcorn, just watching the fucking two of them yell at each other, and disagree. It was great. <laughs> It, 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 oh, that movie fucking sucks, man. Bad <laughs> boys too. It's trash. It's a shit. It's a shit movie. Just, I'm sorry. It's not great. Are, are we just gonna mention Bad Boys Two in every fucking episode from now on? Maybe until we cover Bad Boys Two. Until we cover Bad Boys Two, and then we don't talk about it. At all. Let's just get it out of the way. Next week, Bad Boys 2. Us talking about Bad Boys 2 every fucking week is it's getting more play from just us talking about it than it ever got normally from regular fucking consumers. Let's just be honest here. Uh, you're speaking of next week, speaking of next week, that's a nice uh, transition. transition away from that shit movie to something far more interesting. Next week, we're going to talk about one of the greatest gaming franchise, one of the greatest games of all time, period. Outside of just being a great franchise, Halo Combat Evolved. Oh, and I'm very excited about this. Uh, it's, yes. it's an exciting time uh, for Halo. It's the 20th anniversary of the original Halo. It is. Halo Infinite multiplayer just came out. Uh, just they just dropped a trailer for the Halo show that's going to be on Paramount+. Plus. Huge. Uh, so there's a lot of hype around Halo right now. So it's it's a very timely topic. And, you know, going back, I remember going to Noah's mom's house. I don't know if Noah was there, but his mom was there. Right, Dave? Yeah. Right, <laughs> why, why, right, Dave? Why would well, you I, there? That's what I mean. <laughs> no, we, I would, we would go there and we would play multiplayer on halo we would bring multiple systems over there and we would hook all the tvs together and we would sit on the fucking floor and play halo and it was fucking awesome like fucking degenerates it was so good see that that, it was so good see that's what you guys did i was busy in the other room in a kiddie pool full of ky jelly just kind of lounging Hello. waiting waiting for jackie to come back yeah so. the only one who was there was fucking piggy yeah <laughs> shout out to piggy, <laughs> I'm a drink we, piggy. Uh, we would shame him so bad playing halo that he would just join you in the fucking kiddie pool full of lube or whatever you were doing you yeah, know what's except- fucking amazing about that <laughs> is for the for the one uninitiated <laughs> listener that we shamed him so bad while playing halo that we just started calling him piggy 
and named his character that in Halo Piggy, and he sucked so bad at Halo that he just started leaning into Piggy. And twenty yeah. years later, motherfucker is Piggy, and we love him and we appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, now he's the thinnest of all of our friends, but we still call him that. <laughs> you got to overcome it. <laughs> That's right. You got to, you got to, you got to embrace it, right? So following. Following Halo, but Halo is exciting. Yeah, that that's going to drop uh, November thirtieth. I'm um, looking really forward to getting and in, digging into that. Um, we were then going to transition to something a little different for us. Uh, we're going to kind of have like more of a themed month of December. Holidays are coming. Uh, spending yep. time with your loved ones. So the yep. we're going to record an episode about uh, one of my favorite holiday movies of all time, A Christmas Story. I'm looking very forward to that. Uh, so absolutely. good. Um, um, uh, that'll that'll real, drop on the seventh of December, yeah. I believe. Matt, real real quick, fuck that movie. What? Right. What? Fuck you, well, Dave. Fuck you, We're gonna have a fun. Conversation. Dave, I'm gonna put you in the back seat of my car, whether you like it or not. Maybe the trunk, depending on Go the on. power of the clo- the chloroform that I have. But the Christmas story house is two hours from Pittsburgh and we're going to fucking go there and you're going to experience it in real life. Yeah, and then I'm going to fucking leave you there because fuck you. Here's, here's, listen, let me, let me save you. Jeff, let me save you the tolls. Let me save you the tolls and gas. There's a dude down the street who puts the leg lamp in his fucking window. We'll just pretend. Yeah, that's Jeez. not the real thing. Um, oh my God. You guys, you guys want to have your golden golds. Fragile. You guys want to have your Golden Globes <laughs> conversation? That's going to be us talking about that movie. That's oh, where wow. it's, I don't know. That's where it's really going to fucking like come out. I don't know how you don't like that movie, like, Dave. For way too uh, long to not know you didn't like God it. God damn it! I I also don't like that movie, but uh, but following up though, while we're rewatching it and talking about it, because uh, after that we're going to do my favorite Christmas movie, which is the 1988 classic Scrooge, starring yes. Bill Murray. And right. the classic retelling. Not of one of my favorite movies of all time, but a good movie. And it's fun. So it's my favorite Christmas movie. And then after that, ladies and gentlemen, we will settle right here on the show. The age old debate <laughs> is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Because we're going to fucking talk about Nakatomi Tower and all the other shit inside. Welcome to the party, pal. It's Die Hard right after that. And then fucking- last last episode. Uh, yeah. On your helmets, ladies and gentlemen, fucking pat up because I'm going to go to fucking <laughs> war. I'm going to go to fucking war on you yeah. when it comes to Die Hard being a Christmas movie. Die Hard being a Christmas um, movie. Because it absolutely fucking is. I am so ready for this we'll one, say, boys. We'll, say, we'll save it for the episode. We'll <laughs> ready for this one, boys. Uh, and we're going to round out December, round out 2021 uh, with a slightly different concept. Uh, we're going to merge a couple ideas together, a little wild card, if you will. Uh, it's going to be our favorite uh, movie soundtracks episode. It's going to be a little different. Hybrid. I don't know how it's going to play out. Crossover. So just Mortal Kombat again. Can't Is that what we're, yeah. how we're doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, then, and then you know what? I'm going to call it out. I'm going to make an announcement right now. Off script, but we've we've decided what the very first episode of 2022 is going to be. And we're going to talk, we're going to announce it right here, right now, because this is our last wrestling episode for the year, the one we just discussed right here and now. Right. But January in 2022 is going to bring it back because 
our first episode of 2022 will drop on January 4th, 2022. And an interesting thing that happened on January 4th was the very short-lived relaunching of the Monday Night Wars between WWE mm-hmm. and TNA. Yeah. As they went head-to-head, one side had Hulk Hogan, Eric Bischoff, Rob Van Dam, and many more debuts on TNA Monday Night Impact. And on the other side was the fucking reconciliation in between Bret Hart <laughs> and <Yep>. Shawn Michaels. <laughs> 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 because it's the uh, So we got a lot yeah. going on. We have a lot going on here today, guys. Thank yeah. you all for I don't know what to do. We talked about a good wrestling show today. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. it's it great. It was great. <laughs> so yeah. so most of it. <laughs> except the so, outlaws match. Except for so Dave. John, well, I mean naturally <laughs> so gentlemen we we've we've talked an awful lot about this pay-per-view um and no at the beginning of the show you indicated that there were how many hall of famers in this uh in this 19 pay-per-view? hall of famers in this show is that including Nine. the pre-show does not include sunday night sunday so night let's heat. so so everybody just to give you an idea as to what this fucking roster was bringing to you if i may real quick here Please. The dark match was too much with Brian Christopher and Scott Taylor against the Hardy Boys. Mm-hmm. The fucking dark match was Matt and Jeff Hardy. All right. And then on fucking Sunday Night Heat, uh, we've got Legion of Doom doing a match mm-hmm. against the Job Squad. You got Val Venus. Which was Al Snow. Al Snow. F- wrestled yeah. in that match yeah, he before did. he wrestled his other matches yes he did yeah against uh, the road warriors <laughs> i love it <laughs> then you've got val venus against tiger Ali singh you know whichever but then you also have gangrel against steve blackman and just with gangrel ladies and gentlemen we got some fresh faced two um fucking castlevania looking motherfuckers imagine oh, christian Edge and Christian. Brood, baby. Give me that brood all day. Brood. Talk about theme songs that kicked ass. You you extend this show for those that were in attendance that showed up when the fucking doors opened. You can go ahead and add in Jeff and Matt Hardy, LOD, Edge and Christian. You're tossing another six Hall of Famers into this fucking conversation. That's what WWF was doing in 19. Fucking ninety-eight. That's what. What we, a time to be alive and be a wrestling. What a fan. fucking time, man! What a time. You know what? It's crazy. What a fucking time we had today, guys. That's right. Yeah. Hell, That's absolutely. Cool. Thank you well, guys for what, joining us, and ha- just yes. to thank you for coming and hanging out with us, man. Huh. thanks for having me back. It was like nothing good, Return of Jafar, but like not the <laughs> shitty straight to VHS version of Aladdin. <laughs> But like, let's talk shit on wrestling for a, a few hours. Oh man, like, oh that's God, what it was like. Um, <laughs> what? Fucking welcome, and I'm glad to be back. And and Herb, right. thank you, is- Herb, thank you for leaving the basement door slightly unlocked so I could escape from Noah's uh, sense okay. engine. That's I, a friend's form, man. I really appreciate it. I eventually Absolutely. will start. I will eventually start walking normal again. I just don't quite know when that's going to happen. And I'm I'm also like five weeks late. 
I don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. Oh God! It's <laughs> let some shit. Let some shit happen in that dungeon. I was originally going to say they make a cream for that, but no, they no. don't. <laughs> they no. made, apparently, they made too much cream for that. That's how. That's, yeah. that's, that's how Noah sold me on the concept in the first place. Mm. <laughs> well, on well, that note, gentlemen, here we are. <laughs> yeah, guys. Uh, you know, thank you so much for being a part of the show and for our singular Peruvian listeners left here and Irish. Now, welcome to the fold and goodbye because you're never going to come back. But nope. uh, if you do come on, check us out on social media. We're on a nothing good pod uh, on uh, Twitter. We've That's got right. um, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and you can check us out wherever, obviously, wherever you're hearing this. Keep on checking us out and we'll see everybody. That's right. uh, We'll see everybody next week for Halo. Holy shit. Yes. Yes. Holy shit. Cheers. That's right. Cheers. Cheers to Halo. Cheers, shit. everybody. Hey, uh, Cheers. happy Thanksgiving, too, right? Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. A couple days Good. away here. Happy Thanksgiving. For everyone except Doc, because he doesn't like turkey or bad boys, no. too. <laughs> That's right. God damn it. <laughs> Movie sucks. Nothing good. Fuck nothing good. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing fucking good.